welcome to At The Table podcast and today I'm joined with Laura. How about you tell us a bit about yourself? Hi, thank you for having me on. Um, so my name is Laura. I am in, I'm 31. I live in Essex in the UK. Um, I'm a former yoga teacher and just trying to live a very simple, uh, connected life. Um, yeah, just like you, living Simply. Lovely. Um, so what motivated the change from love lamey? Is that how you say it? Yep. <laughs> to soulful simplicity. I love it. <laughs> so so Lamy actually was kind of a um a nickname because my middle name is Amy. So uh it was just those two names kind of squished together. But I changed my it sounds kind of because uh, it's only Instagram. But I felt like uh, that chapter of Love Lamey was closing. So it was kind of like as we go through life, I feel like we have all these different chapters or things happening or who you are at that time in your life. And I just kind of felt like, so I was teaching yoga for a long time, for for a year, sorry, and under Love Lamey. And I was kind of doing a lot of things under this name. And then when I stopped teaching and I was going back to a job, and I was changing my life, kind of doing, going in a different direction. I just didn't resonate with the name anymore. And it might sound really dramatic because it's it's Instagram, so it's not that serious. But I feel like we share so much of our lives on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Like it, everything should flow and it should be quite organic. And right. I just didn't feel like what I was going to be sharing would would resonate with the name that I had. Okay, okay. Um, and soulful simplicity is kind of like the way that I feel life Mm, should be mm -hmm. so I feel like everything should if when things are simplified life is just better yeah if you simplify like even things from like your skincare routine to like your meals to what you do on a day off just keeping everything simple and nice but then the soul for is like there's got to be a bit of soul behind it like yes Yes. I love things simple but I I wouldn't say that I'm a minimalist or kind of very stark I still love color and nature and things yeah it's kind of yeah awesome um tell us a bit uh uh, tell us (laughs) what it's like moving from being like a plant mom to a cat mom and now a like proper mama to be congratulations Um, um yeah how are you feeling about this and i know there's this like hyper sensationalism around reaching the third trimester that's the only time you can like share the news i saw you post something about that and i'm sure you felt the need for support during this time as well so yeah tell me more so um yeah (laughs) cat mom it's so funny because myself and my partner literally treat silver my cat like our child (laughs) um and i feel like as soon as i had silver brought silver like into our life like I feel like a lot of people aren't interested in having pets which is fine but to me having a little being in the house just makes it feel like home um but yeah so I don't know how she's going to react not being number one but we'll see we'll soon find out um but yeah so it's funny when I found out that we was pregnant I just felt very calm about Mm, the whole thing mm -hmm. it's positive yeah kind of main focus um is to go through this pregnancy without fear because I feel like that is something that is really put on 
you know, you fall pregnant and everyone's like, horror stories or this yes, happened. Yeah. You look up things and it's like, don't eat this, don't do this, and don't yeah. do this. And it's like, ah, you don't really know kind of, and like you say, if you're in that first trimester and nobody knows and you're trying to navigate feeling a yes. bit rough, what yeah. you should be eating, and you don't know who you can ask for for that kind of support. Um, I myself, um, in the first trimester, I told my family and a few of my close friends but and I still felt that kind of apprehension of sharing yeah and it's it's strange even though I felt okay it's you still have that kind of oh I don't know if I can talk about this right yeah yeah and the thing that you saw that I posted the other day a lady was saying how it's crazy because that's the trimester where we need the most support. Yes, yes. There's so <laughs> much change happening so quickly. So much. Yeah. Because now that I'm in the second trimester, yay! I feel, <laughs> I feel more balanced. I don't know if that's the right word. Okay. Um, whereas in the first, I was kind of like, I had quite a good beginning, to be honest. So I never kind of physically was sick or anything like that. But I just felt a bit off, off key. I don't know if that's a good thing to okay, say. Okay, okay. It's a bit funny, um, but I just was exhausted. I couldn't yeah. bother to do anything. So if I was at work, obviously we're in this quarantine at the moment, so I wasn't at work. But I don't know how I'd cover that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how. Mm-hmm. how I don't, and I was saying to Joe, like my partner, I just have such a newfound respect for like women that go through their right. first trimester and nobody know it. Yes, and are in the office, you know. Yeah, yeah, doing the work, doing all this, taking everything on. Yes, yes. Exhausted, they're sick, they're hungry, they're not hungry. Oh, I just think women yeah. are amazing. Yeah, to be doing absolutely. That. I'm so <laughs> excited for you. And I'm Thanks. so proud of how you're doing. That's amazing. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so let's talk about something really exciting, sustainable fashion. Uh, oh. I recently got into some research which looked at the millennials perception of sustainability in the women's fashion industry within the UK. So with this, I basically explored how the millennial generation is considered the most exposed to information and data, and therefore the most likely to create conscious shopping habits, right? And then I used like behavioral theories, such as um, using social learning theory as like an analytical frame and discussed how millennials use data and technology to shape their own shopping habits and attitudes towards sustainability. Uh, That's a huge mouthful. But yeah, so how I kind of argued that like sustainability within the women's fashion industry has criticisms related to textile waste and the use of materials which are not durable, which are not sustainable, and which are not ethically produced. So how do you practice sustainable shopping in regards to fashion and, you know, staying trendy? Wow. Okay. (laughs) So it's funny. I feel like the older I get particularly, and kind of maybe over the last five or six years, the less kind of bothered I am about a trend or a fashion, I kind of feel like once you know your thing or your style or yes. whatever it is, I kind of feel like the trends are a bit irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of just a really commercial way of getting us to spend more. Mm. Like this season is 
I don't know, gingham. So if you don't have gingham, right. you need to go out there and get some. Right. But it's like, what if you just don't want to wear that? Yeah. <laughs> and I think if you just know your style, you will fall less into that kind of thing. I know it's quite hard to find your style, but I think your style is anything that you like. Yeah, and it comes with getting to know yourself as well. Exactly. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be, you know, I always want to wear this. It can just be whatever you feel good in and whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah. And I feel like I just, on a whole, I just shop less. I think I, like many others bought many clothes throughout my life mm-hmm. and you know I've been there buying clothes that I don't need and all this over time you know nobody's perfect and we all have accumulated an amount of clothes yeah and yeah. the best way to be sustainable is to utilize what you have yeah like I have so many clothes and I'm like I'm one person and I wear, you know, the past few years I've been wearing the same dresses every summer. Yeah. And every summer I love them because I don't wear them all year round. Yeah. So I'll wear them until they are all my, like, I can physically no longer wear them. Okay. And then I'll kind of think. But if I do wish to buy something new, I kind of just look for smaller brands particularly, which have a very kind of transparent. Yes. That's lovely. Yeah. 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 Kind of process. Yeah. And a lot of those small brands, like there's some online that I'm aware of that they make everything. So it's made to order. Right. And I think it also gets rid of that instant need, you know? Yeah. We feel like we can buy something, we can have it tomorrow, we'll wear it the next day. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's a process. And when someone's making yeah. something, you order it, you might not get it for a month. Yeah. And then you yeah. get it and you're like, oh, yeah, I really, I love this. Right. And you're more appreciative. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, so but, one of my favorite quotes by you actually is, can I eat lots in it? Can I move in it? Yoga, dance. Can I nap in it? Can I wear it lots and with loads of different things? And will I love it six months from now? If yes, take my money. I love it. <laughs> yes, thank you. I I always, that's another thing that I think has happened as I got older. Like, I remember being younger and wearing the most uncomfortable clothes. Yeah. Because they were cool or I was like, you know, I'd go out in and have no coat because to show off a t-shirt or something. Right. Oh, goodness. Crazy. Yeah. And you're in uncomfortable shoes. And I'm just like, I think you get to that point. Some people reach it sooner than others where you're just like, I just want to wear clothes that I feel comfortable in. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this next question is something you recently asked and something I'd love to hear your thoughts on, right? How can we make small changes to reduce the amount of single-use plastic in our lives and maybe start to invest in quality items that we can love and reuse for life? Okay. So <clears throat> I think I'll say at the start of this, I think it's very easy when we are making lifestyle changes to get obsessed with it yeah and I think often when we do that is when it becomes a bit overwhelming or it doesn't last because we've it's just you know it's it's all too much so I feel like in terms of like reducing our plastic it's something that we should all be doing yeah but it's kind of like what little things can you change Mm -hmm. that aren't and you can change bit by bit so it might be one day that you make sure you've got tote bags with you all the time. Yes, yeah. That's the first thing. 
the next thing you do, you might invest in a in a bottle of water, mm. like a water bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just try just slowly making those little changes. Right, picking up a habit of like recycling your rubbish as well. You know, little things. Yeah, exactly. And and not kind of you know beating yourself up when you when you're not doing everything. To yes. The book. Yes. Certain things, if I can't get them in plastic, I will. If I can't get them without plastic, sorry, I, I buy them. Yeah. And you know, but it's kind of the overall. Everyone is doing a tiny little bit. Yeah. As a collective, it's mm. going to make a huge difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think as long as we kind of are encouraging each other to do a little bit here, a little bit here. Yes. It's more important than kind of screaming at someone for not doing enough. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is exciting. I know you and Joe recently became homeowners. Again, very exciting. Uh, what has the journey of making a home and a sanctuary from like a house been like for you? And what does home mean to you? Nice. Um, yeah, so it's so funny because I always think like years ago that the things that I'm doing now would have like scared the crap out of me. I would have been like, oh my God, I don't want to like settled and getting married and having a home you know I wanted to just be completely free and now like I was saying earlier it's that whole it's a new chapter and suddenly I feel this need to like nurture yeah. and have mm. so it does it feels very grounding and I know it's something that not that a lot of us are trying to achieve especially our generation it's quite difficult yeah I feel very privileged and happy to have been able to yes. get to the housing market. Congratulations. And thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the main, the first thing that we did was colours. So we, yes. there's still lots of things that we are working on um, and adding. And I'm someone that I can't just buy everything. Yeah. And this is what I need, this is what I need. I have to live somewhere and really get to know. Yeah. Work for the space. Yeah. I knew colour-wise in terms of the walls that I just wanted everything to feel very earthy. Mm. And colours are really... They really affect our mood. Yeah. And, like, anyone that's kind of visited before the lockdown has said it always feels calm. It feels very calm. Yeah. So we picked greens and browns and there's lots of plants in the house. And I think that, for me, was a great base. Yes. And then products furniture we buy i try and pick like natural materials Mm, um, mm -hmm. yeah soft colors um nothing too harsh Mm -hmm. i want to come home and feel like i'm in a very calm space yeah yeah Um, of course clutter free but with little bits of our personality that makes us feel happy yes yes oh that's lovely um so in what ways would you say yoga has been beneficial to you I know I'm still getting to a place where it's less about what I can do. I struggle with headstands. And so I'm just trying to not beat myself up for it and make it more about how what I can do feels, you know? Yeah. That's a really good one because I think a lot of people, including myself, begin a yoga journey. Like I began it because I was like, oh my God, I want to get so flexible. Like that was my initial like thought process into getting yes. into yoga yeah and it was only when I started connecting movements with the breath mm-hmm. and, and thinking okay this is more than more than this mm. um 
I would say the kind of deepest thing that I've, or most important thing that I've taken from yoga would probably be um, contentment. So Yes, that's a good one. Yeah, so realizing that, you know, we actually have everything that we need. Yeah. And it's funny because once I had this kind of thought process in life, and I'm not going to deny, you know, work and privileges and things, but I feel like life began to fall into place. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when we really kind of put this stress on how everything should be, you know, and looking at everybody else's journeys and striving, this constant striving, I think when we put that to one side and just start to be like, this is me, this is what I have, Mm -hmm. this is what I like, and this is really quite good, naturally, organically, you'll go in the direction that you need to go. And obviously this is letting go of any kind of factors that might change that. Um, But yeah, I would say contentment, finding peace with with myself, who I am, and yeah, that's probably... I would say that was okay. I love that. <laughs> um, so I find that being in nature calms me, grounds me, and helps me be aware of my body. Um, how do you use frequent visits to nature to help ground you and connect to your mind, your body, and your spirit? Nice. Um, so, yeah, nature is a huge thing for me. And I think that something I really love about nature, I'm looking at my garden as I was saying this is that you can flow with it so I love that as like I'll go to the same places yeah and I'll be able to see them change yeah and you change with them as the seasons go on yeah and it kind of makes life move a little bit slower mm. like often we like there's been times where I rush through life and then I go somewhere and I'm like oh my god the leaves are brown yeah and it's like we never had, if you were constantly visiting nature, you would slowly see those changes and be like, okay, we're transitioning into a new season. Yes. And I think that grounds people down and makes people pause. And, mm. you know, sometimes I'll go somewhere and see something and I come back a week later and it's bloomed. Yes. And I'm like, yes. wow. Yes. And it makes you stop and pay attention. Yeah. Which I think is kind of like a meditation. Absolutely, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, so I've got a few plants in my room, and now that I'm home all the time, I can yeah. like get to observe all the little changes, and it's the most fascinating, beautiful thing. Like you water this plant, and it gets a little sunshine, and it just changes so much, you know. Um, yes, yeah, so I completely hear you. So, what are other ways you practice self care? Oh, so self-care for me is kind of like, it's quite a fluffy word. And I see a lot of stuff online about, you know, we see, people think of self-care and they think of like bubble baths and face masks. But then I also think there's another part of self-care where it's like checking in with yourself. Mm, yes. More than just, oh, I've had a long day, I'm going to have a bubble bath. Yeah. It's kind of like, I've been really angry today. What is going on? Mm. Something happening inside yeah. that I'm upset about. Yeah. And I need to address that. Yeah. And I think that is a really powerful form of self care. Mm. Like sometimes I'll react to something in a way that's not great. And I have to kind of sit with myself and realize what's, what's going on. Right. And yeah. I need that 
something that to me that is the highest form of self-care mm. because you are almost bettering yourself as a person by checking in yes and then address what's wrong and yeah. then if you want to have a bubble bath and do a face mask after yes that's, that's all part of the package right. I think the package is a lot bigger than of what we always see on like social media yes and things. yes it's more about the inner work Yes. Yes. I, yeah, I think yeah. so. No, I hear you. Um, so this is something that I actually added last night because I saw you post again. Been doing my <laughs> research, um, and it's on birth control, you know, and it's something I've been thinking about for some time. Um, but I've always hated the idea of like taking things that like change my natural body clock or whatever. Um, so yeah, I wanted to touch on that a bit and hear your thoughts. Okay. So. I'll just like to have a disclaimer at the start <laughs> that this is my opinion and this is what's work, what I find works for me. And I think there has to be a lot of trust in yourself and the relationship that you're in. Yeah. If you not use um, birth control. So for me, I, I haven't taken birth control now for maybe about 10 years or so my very early twenties. And it was a very short period of time that I used it. And I felt horrific. Yes. And um, I felt like I was experiencing a lot of the side effects. And some people don't experience this at all, yeah. which is absolutely fine. But then, you know, when I looked into what's, what the birth control I was on was actually doing to my cycle, mm-hmm. it did not make sense to me to be doing this for a very long period yes. of my life. yeah. And it's when you really look and learn about your cycle and the different stages of your cycle and yeah, it's, there's a small window where we can actually get pregnant mm, and mm. myself and my partner have been together for almost six years now Yeah, and I've never been on any contraception since we've been together and it's yeah. a sexually active relationship. Yeah. But we only felt pregnant when we chose to. So I'm not saying like it's 100% effective, yeah. but I'm just when you know your cycle yeah. and you know the times of your month when you can feel pregnant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I w- was using a, a basal body temperature. So I would check my temperature daily before when you ovulate there's a spike in your temperature and you go into the second phase of your cycle so if you did that for a period of time you would kind of work out around about when you ovulate yeah the days before that and the days after is when you are the most fertile yeah yeah okay um, wow that's there's so important. many books one of yeah. my favorite books is period power by Maisie Hill okay it's amazing yeah and that kind of breaks things like this down in a very digestible way. Yes. But there's so much information out there. Yeah. And I feel like it's time that we kind of, especially as women, just kind of took control of like our power. And, yeah. You know, yeah. and understanding your body is so empowering. Yeah. And it's so funny how it's like women need to take the pill, but men just don't worry about anything. Right. Yeah, and I just feel like we're forced to take these things, and we don't know what they're doing to us long yes. term. Yes, and I just think that, yeah. But as I say, if, you know, at the same time, I was in a, I'm in a relationship where if I fell pregnant, yeah, it wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah, okay. So maybe this advice wouldn't be great for somebody else. Yeah. Um, 
but I think just research and look into mm. your body and understanding yeah. your cycle that's a good place to start yeah yeah definitely Um, let's go back to yoga a little. What did the journey of becoming a yoga instructor look like? And what beyond the poses did you learn from this training? So I, the time when I did my teacher training, <clears throat> I was working, um, I was in a manager role in the city and I was quite stressed. And yoga was kind of like my release. Like I would come home, and I would go to yoga, and I felt better. And those tools that I was learning was things that I was trying to implement in my life, but I felt like at the time, even though I reflect on it differently, at the time I felt like I needed to be taken out of what I was doing and putting a new place. Mm. So quite uh, sporadically, I decided that I was going to do this training. Yeah. So I went to uh, Costa Rica, and I was there for a month. Yeah. And I probably wasn't ready I don't know okay uh if anyone's ever ready but probably physically I probably was not ready for a teacher training yeah um and it was very it but it wasn't the 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 physical practice that I took away mostly from my training Mm -hmm. it was the connection so the connection to the group yeah and people and to myself and realizing that life is so much more than this shell this vessel wow. that we carry yes. in. yes and it was kind of being away from it all that yes. gives you the time to check in and think about those things yes um and I mean I think that yoga is a constant journey so you are constantly learning like I will constantly be reading and learning new things and asana is obviously a, the physical practice is a big part of yoga as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. and I don't know if it ever ends I don't think that the training the learning it never ends yes. you know yeah there's yeah. always something to learn whatever you're doing in life yeah I hear um, that I'm not sure if I've digressed from the question but basically it was just a very it was something I needed at the time and okay. it gave me that kind of strength to step away from what wasn't working for me right yeah life because when I came home I eventually took a a bit of a leap of faith and and left my job at the time yes to go and teach and I kind of threw myself into that (laughs) quite head first but it it was what I needed at the time right okay yeah okay and how are you able to meet students where they are? And how does yoga become a practice of self-acceptance and self-love? I know you talked about it being a practice of content contentness. Um, <laughs> yeah, so how are you able to meet students where they are? I think the, um, the most important thing is, and I used to always say that even though my classes were challenging in places, if somebody wanted to time out and be in a child's pose for an hour, yes. that's fine. Yeah. And I felt like I've been, you know, there are quite a lot of 
teachings where it's very like intense and I think for me I don't really care if you learn how to do a headstand it will feel great in the moment yeah you know once you can do a handstand life doesn't change Mm. it just lets go of a little bit of fear I I guess if if Mm. you're looking at it in that way but I think it's kind of those things will come yeah you know they'll just come anyway yeah so whether you're Hmm, I'm trying to think how to word this well. So whether you're kind of like, obviously if you practice something every single day, it's going to come quicker than if you don't. Yeah. But some people may never be able to do a handstand. Yeah. You know, some people might be able to do it after a week of practicing because yeah. that's just how their body's made. Yeah. And I think it's important to acknowledge that and know that somebody isn't more successful at yoga than you because they look mm. they look like they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, it's lovely. kind of like somebody could be smashing out all of these amazing poses, yes. but inside there's so much going on. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then someone else, people could be like, oh, she's not even doing anything in the class, but yeah. she's so connected to her breath and mm. herself in that moment wow. or himself. Yeah. That maybe is she doing it right? But then who's to say who's doing yoga better? Yes. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's such a big topic that I could end up going on and on. Okay, another podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's just that. Yeah, reminding people that where you are is fine. Yeah, like oh, that's it's beautiful. An individual journey. Yes, um, everyone's going to look different. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, So we are living in an era where there's literally information overload and that can be mentally and, you know, emotionally exhausting. How do you filter out what is useful and like beneficial from what can be toxic and unnecessary? I think this is actually even more key at present. Yeah. There is so much going on in the world right now um, and everyone has an opinion. Yes. what I will say is though I think it's quite important to be exposed to stuff that is not your opinion Mm. so I think it's very easy for us to live in an echo chamber of like people that are just into the same things as us agree with us and that's great you know life is la da yeah and I actually follow people online and things who I don't agree with yeah and who will post things and I'm like oh why have they said that? But that's that's for me to learn and to understand right. other, other directions. Right. But I think in terms of like an overload is managing your time looking at stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good to look at stuff and be aware of what's going on and take in information and other people's opinions and yes. different things, yeah. whatever. But don't do it all day. Yeah. yeah. You know, like we have to limit. Like I have a timer on my phone it will tell me when I've been on Instagram for an hour and it will come up. Oh, good. Okay. You've been here and I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. It feels like five minutes. Literally, yeah. That to me, your mind, like, I need to put my phone down. Yeah. I need to move away from this. Yeah. Do something else. Yeah. And I think it's kind of just be, yeah, just kind of making sure you take breaks. And I know that if I bring my phone upstairs at night, yeah, I will look at it in the morning. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas if I don't, I won't. And so it's kind of like knowing how it? you feel and making those little plans to yeah. so step away from all of this. Noise. Where do you leave your phone then? In the living room. I'll okay. sleep downstairs. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so if uh 
sometimes I bring it up and then I wake up and I'm like looking at my phone and, I'm, I'm, and then I try not to get annoyed at myself but yeah. I'm like you've just wasted your morning looking at yeah, yeah. rubbish on the internet yeah um so yeah when I feel like I'm starting to get a bit kind of stressed and drained there'll be days as well where I'll just turn my phone off I and have that. a day without it yeah wow I think everybody needs to try that yeah there's a there's um a couple online that do this thing in the UK called um offline 48 okay and they turn their phone off on a Friday night wow and they turn it back on on a Monday and they encourage people online to do this yes it's, um, yes called Venetia Lamanna okay and her partner's called I think it's Max and um I think that's such a great thing to promote because yeah. they're like influencers, I guess you would call them. Yeah. And um, it's good for them to be to be promoting people to spend less time online, yeah. even though their job is online. Literally, yeah. So, yeah, so I think I think it's just that. It's just taking breaks and yeah. just being aware of what you're doing. And I mean, I don't sit and watch the news or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess... Just being aware. <laughs> Love it. That kind of leads us into the next question, which is, um, yeah, I know it's important to start your day with, you know, gratitude, right? What does your morning routine look like on a good day? Okay, on a good day. It's funny because quite a few people ask me this. Like, people have messaged me on Instagram and asked me what my morning routine is. But I don't actually really have one. Like, I actually find that I'm somebody that, if my, if everything's too routine, mm. I don't thrive very well off, yeah. of, off of that. And everyone is different. I know people that have a scheduled routine and that yeah. is how their life functions. Yeah. Um, but there's mornings where I wake up and I want to lay in. Mm-hmm. And there's other mornings where I wake up with the sun and I'm downstairs with the tea meditating. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's kind of like how I think my main thing especially this year has been intuitively like living intuitively Mm. so listening to what your body needs sometimes for me yeah waking up at the crack of dawn and going downstairs isn't what I need yeah yeah sometimes what I need is to just lay there (laughs) and I think having tools that you like like often I'll get into bed I know it's nighttime routine and I'll say, ask Joe what he's grateful for for the day. Oh, yeah. And like little things like that, I think are important because we check in and they're kind of little routines and things mm-hmm. that you like. Mm-hmm. But I think allowing some flexibility is also really healthy. Yes. Because otherwise you can end up beating yourself up for not getting up at a certain right. time and doing yeah. thing. Not and having energy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what does your ideal night in look like? <laughs> so I am such a homebody. Yeah. Um, and usually when uh, Joe's at work, so he gets up really early. So he's always in bed by like 8pm. Wow. So, yeah, so like during the week. At the moment he's not because he's on furlough. But normally he would. So I kind of get into his routine and I love going to bed early. Like... Staying up late is like torture. To yes, me. yeah. Um, even though I'm a bit in a bit of a bad habit at the moment, I think it's because we're at home all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to cook dinner with Joe. 
we yeah. usually cook together or he cooks and I'm just kind of floating around yeah <laughs> and then relax wind down love a shower before bed feels like a real like cleanse release of the yeah. day and then I like to read before bed um one because it gets me away from the screen mm-hmm. um and two because I think it is a nice way to kind of drift off mm. like I find that I get tired when I feel like when I'm on my phone I don't get tired I can sit there for hours yeah yeah but when I'm reading a book I start to drift and I yeah. feel like oh I'm ready to go to sleep now yeah so yeah reading a book before bed I think is really nice yeah oh my god it's crazy how these questions keep flowing because the <laughs> next one is what are you currently reading <laughs> and <laughs> have you found that being in lockdown has allowed you to have more time to do the things you love Okay, so I'm currently reading, actually, next to my bed, um, Gentle Birth, Gentle Mothering. So I've had this, like, obviously spike of interest of reading, like, birth and mothering books. Yes. Um, and that kind of just break. It's all about, like, a natural thought process towards your pregnancy and mm-hmm. your birth and how you bring up your children. So I'm really enjoying that. Um in lockdown so at the start I was working from home so I was working full-time from home yeah and um so I I guess things didn't really change too much because I was still working my full hours Mm -hmm. um but I it was nice to have the commute taken away so I still had extra time of an evening so I was kind of eating at a better hour yeah and having time to enjoy an evening like go out go for a walk whereas I wouldn't be able to do that if I was commuting back from London Mm -hmm. um and then when I had furlough it was like oh my god what do I do all this time yeah um so I did have time we worked a lot on the garden which was really nice um and reading and I kind of tried to take away the pressure too much of having to be productive yeah yeah everyone was like use this time, you know, make sure you're productive. Yeah. You'll never get this time again. And I, fa- I find that quite pressurising. Yeah. So I was like, I take each day as it comes. But I'm back working from home now, so things are pretty much back to normal. Okay, okay. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so having lived in the UK for a while, I imagine, um, which is your favourite season and how do shifting seasons in nature help you adjust to changes in life? I feel like you touched in this. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you touched in this before as well. Maybe. Yeah. I was thinking that I'm going to be that annoying person and say that I really like all of the seasons. No, that's lovely. Okay. I just think that there's a... I think each season gives you an opportunity for a different feeling, a different way of living. Yeah. So, like, in the winter... It's kind of like, because we are animals, you know, Mm. we have all these instincts and things, but we do suppress them living in the way that we live. Um, So like in the winter is a time where we should be, we should be going to bed earlier Mm -hmm. and eating really warm foods and being cosy. And in the summer, you know, we have more energy. We want to stay up late. We want to be outside in the sunshine. and, And I appreciate the seasons for different reasons. Um, I would say if I had to pick favourites, it would probably be the transitional season, so mm. spring and autumn. Mm-hmm. 
So even though I feel like I'm a very island girl, I love being barefoot, I love the summer and being, yes. you know, yes. free. I love watching things change. Yes. And I love growth. Yes. And I think spring and autumn really show that. Mm, mm-hmm. And I think the summer going into autumn is quite literally the most beautiful time in the UK. Yes. It's, it's warm, but everything's starting to turn red. Yes, yes. I just think it's really beautiful. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Um, so how are you feeling about your upcoming wedding? And can you <laughs> share a little more with us? Um, exciting journey that's going to be happening soon while well, you're already on that journey. Yes. Well, yeah. it's exciting. Um, so we'll be getting married next year. Um, and we're gonna get we're gonna stay in Essex. So our wedding will also be in Essex, which is convenient because it's close to like friends, family, us. Mm-hmm. And there's so many nice nature places in Essex. So the place that we picked is kind of like a converted barn mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be quite outdoorsy. And fingers crossed, the weather is good. Yeah. Um, but it's inside, but it's outside. Okay. You know I mean? Okay. Yeah. There's lots of outside space. Um, I kind of want it to be, I don't like anything too glamorous. Mm, mm-hmm. so I'm not someone that likes glitzy things, Yeah. but I want it to be very about the guests, about the people, oh, wow. about the food, yeah. Yeah. good music, yeah. and just to be a really fun day. And yeah. it's exciting because we'll be a family yes. now. Yes. <laughs> where we wasn't before we wouldn't have been before yeah um so yeah I'm just kind of like slowly doing things and and now that I feel like a lot of people that were getting married this year are going to be getting married next Mm -hmm. year Mm -hmm. we've really like started to get things booked up because we're freaking out that right (laughs) might get booked up but yeah yeah I'm, I'm kind of just uh just taking it as it comes I feel like it will okay. all just fall into place yeah it will it will yeah um what podcasts are you currently listening to so do you know what? I'm not actually listening to any at the moment with podcasts I tend to kind of just listen to them here and there yeah like if I see someone post something online that looks interesting I'll go and listen to it or I'll have a search say there's something that I'm thinking about like mm trees i might just go onto podcasts and just search that and then just watch something at random yes so i don't actually have any that i follow or listen to kind of extensively yeah okay yeah i don't know i'm much more of a book person i think okay okay yeah that's not a bad thing (laughs) um so i find that like music lifts my spirits grounds me helps me feel empowered what music do you play when you're having a bad day um usually kind of i would say reggae type music or soul Uh, i love old music Mm -hmm. so like i couldn't tell you what was in the charts I have no idea. Yeah. And the only time I ever hear it is if I'm in the car and I've got the radio on and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah this is good. But, um, yeah, I'm much more of a fan of kind of like the music I grew up to and sometimes it's good to listen to some of the rubbish as well, mm. like 90s music. Yeah, yeah. Which you can sing along yeah. to. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's um, fun. Yeah, but I also, like, I have quite a lot of yoga playlists from where I was teaching. Okay. So if I'm feeling quite anxious or stressed, like, there's a group called Beautiful Chorus Ooh. who do, like, the most beautiful music. Okay, I will check and that out. For me, it feels like almost, like, adult lullabies. Wow. Like, it's very soothing yes. and I really like the music. Okay, okay, I'm going to have a look. Um. <laughs> and what's an easy to make feel good beverage um and maybe we can talk a little about yoga tea piece oh yeah okay um so i am a pro- i'd say i'm a herbal tea drinker um although at the moment i'm not really drinking many because i'm so I'm, i don't really know how they all work during pregnancy yeah and i don't have enough knowledge on that so kind of steering away um my favorite drink is actually something that i buy and not make from scratch from paka oh yes yes yeah like pouches um of like different uh, they come in like a dust form so it looked like a hot chocolate almost okay um yeah so they do like a matcha one a turmeric one a cacao one my favorite one is the cacao mm. and it's like cacao, a few different herbs like maca ashwagandha maybe i think cinnamon might be in there oh that put, sounds good yeah a few scoops in yeah and i usually put hazelnut milk because i think mm. contrast is the best mm. and i warm the hazelnut milk up pour it in job done wow it's so delicious i haven't been drinking it at the moment because it's got ashwagandha in it and you shouldn't really take that during pregnancy. Um, but it's the best drink. And you can okay. just buy it from like Holland and Barrett or online yeah. or I don't know, anywhere Great. else. Yeah. I think Tesco even might have it actually. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yes, I love my teas. So that's yes. something else I'm going to be trying out. Um, <laughs> it's so good. It's like a healthy hot chocolate. Ooh. Yeah, so nice. it's it's good yes i'm having um my first cup of a matcha tea and i'm loving it um i just got it yesterday so i'm really excited i'm definitely gonna have another cup after this um matcha is great yes and it's i love the earthy undertone it makes me feel very like a bit grounded yeah yeah i hear that um so tell me a bit about yoga tea piece yes so um, yoga tea piece is something that I started because I felt like I wanted to do something on my own. So kind of away from all the studios that I was teaching at. Mm-hmm. And um, it was essentially like mixing. I did like a tea meditation course yeah. with a lady um, from California. So we did it over Zoom. And uh, it was just beautiful. And I found that kind of, that pausing often we find meditation people can find meditation quite difficult Mm -hmm. or feel like if they're thinking they're not doing it right all of these things um even though obviously your thoughts are part of your meditation yeah but with a tool so some people might use mala necklaces and, and different things but with a with a tool like a cup of tea it's that kind of focus to bring you still yes yeah so you would drink it and you think of the taste, the smell, mm. the warmth in your hands, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you just feel very present. Yeah. I found that that worked really well 
after doing a yoga class. So yeah. I would do the same. Yeah. So I would yoga at home and then I would pause and have a have a tea. Mm. So I was like, that's something that I want to offer to other people. Um, so that's something that I wanted to offer to other people. So I started Yoga Tea Peace um, and I just rented a space in my local community hall at the time and kind of did different themes for each week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted it to feel a bit special, so I made, like, gifts and different things. Oh, that's um, cool. <laughs> and then my plan was to start it again this year, and then I fell pregnant, and then we went into quarantine. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll start it another time. Yeah. But it's definitely something that I want to pick back up, okay. because I really felt like it was nice and I felt like it really was creating a sense of community yeah in the group that was coming um so yeah no it's something that I do want to pick back up again mm, I've still been there and it's still yeah I love the idea behind it yeah <laughs> um so what are three books that you would recommend for living a more mindful life I know you shared period power um yes. so maybe two more yes well, I can give you, I can give you three. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, wow. So I don't know whether they're mindful life, but they, there's three that I thought of when I saw your questions. And these were ones that made me think a bit more. Yeah. And kind of like, yeah, just feel a little bit more. I guess it is a mindful life. Yeah. Because I kind of stopped and paused and, checked in a bit more Mm -hmm. so the first one is uh radical acceptance by tara brack okay i'm not sure if i can say her surname it's b-r-a-c-h okay and it's such a good book like i used to quote so much from this book during my classes um and i guess the truth is in the name radical acceptance it's literally about just every uh, it's just I don't even want to give them away too much because I just think that everyone I know that has read this book yeah. loves it. But it's kind of like healing all that kind of fear and shame that's within us and mm. accepting that things have happened and going forward. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes things happen in our lives and we just live with that as yeah. if, like, that is why we're wrong. Yeah. Like, that's, that makes us wrong or a bad person or right. all these things. And, you know, it's a great book. Um Another one, A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. Okay. So have you heard of that really famous quote of um, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Mm. Our deepest fear is... Yeah, so that's her quote. Yeah. That's in this book. And it's just fantastic. Right. It's just everything comes from love. If you do everything in life... Yes. With that basis of love. Like when you approach somebody that you know if someone that's made you angry if you just come back to that love yeah you know your the situation to be better. different yeah yeah like whatever you do in life mm-hmm. and um it's just really lovely wow. and the last one yeah this is kind of lifestyle it's called wabi sabi by oh, Beth okay which is kind of like a japanese uh way of life yes yes um, that bird. yeah and it's just beautiful. Okay. And it looks really lovely as well. Okay. It's like perfect. Yeah. Book. 
Awesome. Um, so how can you guide people who are new to meditation and are trying it out for the first time? I've had a few friends ask me this question, so I thought I should ask you. Okay. So I think the biggest thing to realize in meditation is that it's not, I think before you step into doing meditation, we all have this kind of, um, built up idea of what it is Mm -hmm. you know of this kind of like monking robes on a mountain Mm -hmm. complete Mm -hmm. bend out Mm -hmm. and it it is just sitting with yourself yes you know and you don't have to be I don't think anyone can be great at meditation yeah it's kind of like every day will be different and I think it's just taking that time even if it's five minutes a day yeah sitting down and you can use a tool like a, a warm drink yes or and uh you know a tool like a stone or yes. something yeah. to hold on to keep your focus yeah or your breath mm-hmm. um the breath was something that i would always use so i would have students kind of sit in a comfortable position or if yeah. they were comfortable lay down whatever is going to work for them mm-hmm. and just listen to your breath yes and you know, as soon as your mind starts to wander, yeah. allow the thoughts to come and go. Absolutely. And come back to your breath. Yes. So right? observe your thoughts as opposed to try and clear in your mind. Just exactly. let Just yourself be. Oh, oh, stop thinking. Oh, yes. my God. Like, yes. Breathe now that you've thought about something like the food shop. Literally. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. But eventually your mind will get bored. Yeah. Eventually you'll run out of things to tell you. Right. And mm-hmm. I find that, like, the thoughts that come up, that's a good way to journal after, you know, like a good, um, so whatever comes up, go find a pen and a paper, write it down and reflect on why that came up. Exactly. It's a perfect time to hear, to hear, to listen to what is, what are you thinking about? Yes. Yeah. We go through our whole day, like, you know, we get up, we get ready, we go to work, we're in the office, we're talking to people, we get home, we talk to our family, we go to bed. There's no time where you kind of stop and you're like, what mm-hmm. have I been thinking about all day? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is going on? Yeah. If you sit down and, you know, something might come up like, I don't know, Sandra said, why did Sandra say that to me today? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my God, that's bothering me. Right. You know, yeah. I didn't even have time to recognize that that was upsetting Yes. Me. And, and then you can address it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, so what advice would you give to young people looking to build a healthy and sustainable work ethic? Oh, well, I don't know if I have a great work ethic. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the opposite. I'm probably like that person that's like, just quit your job. Um, no, every job is important. <laughs> um, but uh, I think the best way anyone will have a good work ethic is what doing something they like. Yes. I mean, like, it's so easy to say to someone, just enjoy what you're doing, you know, have a great day. But if they genuinely are not enjoying their job, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to tell them to have a good work ethic. But I mean, I think that's quite a hard one. Mm-hmm. I would probably just say yeah. to look for the good in everything that you're doing. Ooh, I like that. And I, yeah. Sometimes I'll be at work at the moment and I, I went back to a full-time job to kind of provide for the things that I wanted in this chapter mm-hmm. of my life mm. 
and there'll be days where I'm finding it difficult to sit on a laptop all day yes. or yeah. all these things and then I but then there's parts of my role where I'm like oh I really like this yeah part, yeah and, and also this job is allowing me to do this mm-hmm. and it's allowing me this mm-hmm. and then suddenly you get that work ethic of yeah I'm, I'm actually this is a good thing because I can do all the other things that I love because of this right maybe that's a good way to have a work ethic but then I also think that everyone is so different yes yeah and everyone works really differently mm-hmm. and you notice that in the team like some people everyone has different strengths yes yes so yeah I don't know I okay. guess it's a hard one yeah. so can we end with tips that you might have for practicing self-care regardless of age and gender going to sleep Ooh. oh my god number one okay <laughs> like that is a game changer like, I, yeah I know naps so- are elite huh naps are elite yeah exactly I think like you know getting a good sleep routine is going to change so many things in your life yes I agree Um, it's not only going to make you feel healthier and happier yeah it will you know everything is worse when you are tired yes yes (laughs) and I think think that yeah just getting into a good sleep routine regardless obviously if you're a a baby it's irrelevant you sleep whenever Mm -hmm. um and you don't really have a routine. But as a teenager, an adult, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think routine is number one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then also, like, in terms of diet, I kind of have this, like, 80-20 rule. So, like, 80% of the time, eat really well. Yeah. So then 20% of the time, if you want to eat the pick mix or the ice cream, it's yeah. not that big. Yeah. yeah. So just kind of, yeah, ha- you know, I'll have days where I eat so well mm. and then the next day I'll wake up and eat a crumpet. Mm. So, yeah, balance. Everything in life is balance. I yes, think. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how can we get in touch with Laura? Um, so I am on Instagram. Yes. The Soulful Simplicity. I think there's one underscore under my name. Yes. At the moment, um, I don't have a website because... It was under Love Lay Me and I just haven't changed it. Okay. Um, but yeah, Instagram is the best place to get in touch with me. Always. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. That was amazing. I loved it. No, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. <laughs>